Hey guys, this is the Tea in Tokyo podcast, episode 23. My name is Sonia. And I'm Ellie. And what did we do this week? So this week we went to the aquarium and we also start planning our trip for Nagano. Yep, that and a little bit more coming up right now. Alright, we've been keeping pretty quiet in June so far because we've been wanting to make as much money as we possibly can by working a lot. Well, not not just that, right? I feel like we've been pretty quiet because we're aware of coronavirus still being pretty big in Tokyo, but because we're also going to work, it's kind of like, I feel as though by going to work every day, we're using up our like public transport quota allowance versus risk of catching coronavirus so i'm like less inclined to go out and about um no i haven't thought of that at all i mean that's my logic behind this <laughs> yeah but you actually have days off though right yeah whereas i don't have a day off at all so yesterday i had my first day off this month so out of 30 days i'm going to be i'll be at work 29 of those days so because yesterday was my only day off this month we thought, okay, we actually need to go do something. Mm. But if I had more days off, I'd 100% be gone doing more. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was just how I justified it to myself to, like, justify how we're doing nothing. I was like, you know, we're protecting ourselves. I think if we're going to get coronavirus, we've already gotten it. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Man, I'm, I'm still so shocked by the fact that coronavirus numbers aren't bigger here. It's because they are, <laughs> you know. Although my mum, I was talking to my mum on the phone yesterday, and she was saying that... She was looking at a report on, like, Japan's, like, average death expectancy right now. Yeah. And, like, according to that, the death numbers, at least, are within what they're reporting is true. Does wearing face masks really make this big of a difference, it turns out? Although, I feel like, I suppose it does in terms of everyone wearing a face mask. It's, like, one of those things where it kind of becomes, not obsolete, but obviously way less effective when not everyone's doing it. Because it's only effective if everyone's doing it. I think this is the perfect um, like case study for why people should be wearing face masks, it turns out. Yeah, because yeah. it's pretty crazy that for Tokyo being such a like hugely densely populated city where majority of the workforce relies on public transport, that they've still only got around about 40 deaths per day. It's not 40 deaths, it's 40 cases per day. I thought it was 40 deaths per day. No, nah, the deaths haven't really gone up at all. Really? Yeah. Today, the last couple of days, it was 55 cases that's it. I thought Which if it is, got over 50, they had to declare a state of emergency again. I had a client today who was talking about how he was worried that cases are going up here again mm. because of the fact that we we're on 50 for the last couple of days. Which and, is actually true. Last week, it was 40 for the last few days. Yeah. So that's an increase. Yeah, which is extremely low for a, you know, a city where, like, the city centre has, like, 13, 14 million people. Especially when you compare it to the United States, where some cities have, you know, four or five thousand cases a day. But it is like pretty well known as well that in terms of case numbers, they're not testing everyone who reports symptoms. Yeah, actually, it's hard to know how important um, wearing face masks is to the numbers, just because, uh, yeah, the counting isn't the same, is it? Although, I mean, you know, like I was just saying, like my mum said, like the fact that their deaths aren't actually any higher than what you'd expect from, like, coronavirus being here 
yeah. with the numbers they're reporting must show like not necessarily that the actual numbers are right but like something about the population is being done right i suppose they have a really low obesity rate yeah true because i heard that today um like houston in america their hospitals have officially reached 100 percent capacity so i feel like uh-huh. if that happened in you know tokyo you'd know about it so i guess mm-hmm. it has to be something yeah so yesterday uh was our was my first day off like i said mm. and we went to shinagawa aquarium so it turns out like we're actually you know we actually we live in such a nice place and we've said before that we really like the location that we live in mm. we were mostly saying that because we we live closer to city we have so many supermarkets by us it's not very busy so we it's live like pretty close quiet. to the city while also being close to close enough ish to yokohama to make like day trips and stuff yeah and we're only a 16 minute walk from the bay and the aquarium yeah uh so yeah so we just walked down to the aquarium with a couple of friends although this made us confused because it's called shinagawa aquarium but it's like a 15 minute walk from us in amori and it's like in amori so like then we were like man is that area like just being eaten by shinagawa yeah well i've never understood that because right next to our station in amori there's a giant sign like as as in and by giant i mean like almost like the hollywood sign Mm. and that says shinagawa you know so i, I feel like never noticed i feel like maybe uh maybe it used to be shinagawa and then they realized you know what we need like we need to cut this place in half and then make it otaku or something i think it's probably more just that shinagawa is like a more well-known business area so it's one of those things where businesses are gonna like want to be associated with being in that area as opposed to being associated with being in yeah true probably that so yeah so the aquarium we didn't really have uh any expectations going in Mm. uh it was kind of just something easy to do on our day off um, something fun something you know close by and on the way there there's um there's like the aquarium advertisements all over our train station Mm. and it showed like dolphins and stuff and i had no idea that it had dolphins so i was thinking oh man this place must be way bigger than i was expecting it to be Uh, and we got there and there was uh, construction happening all around it. So obviously they're trying to make it even bigger. Well, we're assuming it was construction for the aquarium. It did kind of oh, look no, like it, they it were definitely expanding is. it. Yeah, yeah. So we had to like follow all these like detour signs to find the entrance. <laughs> yeah. So it was like 1500 yen uh, per person to get in. And I mean, yeah, it was it was okay. I would say... Honestly, okay is like yeah. probably the perfect word to describe it. <laughs> like it wasn't terrible... It definitely wasn't great, but it was it was an all right experience. Like there was parts that were like sad, mm. and parts that were totally all good. Yeah. So people people always said that because um, the zoos in Japan are kind of notoriously terrible, and you know compared to Western zoos in terms of the uh, the living space of the animals. Yeah, like the quality of life, the stimulation that they're giving the animals. Yeah, but people kind of said, well. You know, the aquariums are different here. Like, the aquariums are actually really good. Mm. Um, so we had already decided that we didn't want to go to any zoos because we were like, you know, we don't want to see some sad lion just, like, standing on a mm. bunch of concrete. Although, you know, one of my friends um, told me the other day that the Ueno Zoo is, like, terrible for that exact reason. But it's good in terms of it's, like, it's a good example of a historically accurate zoo because that's, like, a really old zoo. So that's legit what they used to look like. Yeah, but why do we want to have a yeah, I know, which historically is a- <laughs> thing? Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's like the logic behind that one still being popular. Because mm. it's like an old school one. Yeah. Well, we can just see it from outside. Yeah, yeah. 
we're thinking, okay, cool. So this aquarium, you know, it's probably going to be really nice. It's probably not going to be anything like the zoos. And then we got in, and actually at the beginning, it was kind of like that because the first couple of exhibits were really nice. Um, they were like smaller exhibits and it was like, uh, it was actually a goddamn snake, you know, first of all. So we didn't expect that for a Yeah, I don't know. Although it was almost like the exhibit was too small for my <laughs> comfort. Like they were pretty tiny spaces, but I'm guessing those creatures don't need that much space or something. Mm, yeah, they probably do, but... The snake was drinking water, though, which is kind of nice. We've never seen a snake drink water before. Yeah. I was kind of like, is it trying to drown itself? Because its whole head was sort of, like, yeah. half submerged. But no, then its tongue was, like, flicking out. Oh, actually, actually, I was going to say at the very beginning there was nothing, like, that sad. But then I remembered it was, like, a really... It was a fairly small um, enclosure kind of thing where they had uh, turtles and fish and stuff. But it was kind of big enough for the fish and turtles, so that's all good. But then above them they had, like, a duck or no, two ducks. two ducks, yeah. Yeah, there were two ducks. And it was, like, they were just normal ducks that you can see outside. It was a meter by two meter width, probably, around about. Yeah. Like, enclosure with, like, a tiny bit. Like, the ducks couldn't fly or anything. So it would have been a great size if it was just the turtles and fish, I reckon. Yeah, I feel like uh, the ducks were there by accident. (laughs) Like, they kind of just flew in. uh, Because it's funny, because there was no proper wall. I mean, proper ceiling. The ceiling was just, like, uh, um... A like a net. Yeah. So I feel like the ducks just kind of landed in there and they were like, oh, sweet, let's just Well, like, this will make a good enclosure. Yeah, yeah, that will make it seem more natural and shit. So they just yeah. went with it. Uh, so yeah, so that was kind of sad. But, um, you know, apart from that, it was pretty good. Pretty good at the beginning. Um, we saw a couple of, like, octopi, um, some coral, stuff like that. All good. Uh, but then, um, like, the main animals that they had there. So so they actually had a pretty good variety of animals. No, but going back, not even the main animals. There were some small things, which is what I mean when I say it was, like, okay. Because yeah. even at the beginning, it was, like, for example, they'd have, like, this enclosure that was, like, a decent size. But then they'd put... I'm guessing what happened is that fish that they'd put in there were ones that normally lived in shallow rock pools or something. Yeah. So it was, like... These guys had these huge enclosures, and then they were using, like, one-tenth of it at the bottom of the water, and the rest was just empty air. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why not give this space to Uh something that actually wants the space, rather than, like, later on, they have, like, fish in tiny enclosures? Yeah. I don't know. To me, that was, like, I don't know. It was, like, poorly planned, almost? Yeah, I think they were trying to make it look like a rock pool, but, yeah, again, you don't really need that kind of space. You know, a word that I taught, like, all my students today... Um, because I was talking about the aquarium with them, was aesthetic. Oh, yeah, I love teaching that word. Do you know how to spell it? Because I I do, yeah, because I was like... Oh, but I realized that the way we say aesthetic is not the way that it is pronounced on dictionary.com. So I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe we pronounce it different to Americans. Because they they say aesthetic, aesthetic, like E, Mm. whereas we say aesthetic, like I don't trust America's pronunciation, though. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know... it's not correct English. So, uh, yeah, I kept bringing up that word because, man, the aesthetic sucks. Yeah. Like, they, they're really bad at just designing uh, an enclosure. Mm-hmm. And when we were in there, I, I kind of mentioned it where I was kind of wondering, man, what is it with just Japan in general and not being able to design things very well? <laughs> like, everything's very ergonomic. You know, it does its job, so that's awesome. And it does it well. Like, it does it super efficiently, you know. But in terms of, um, yeah, just in terms of, like, beauty. Yeah, like, like these rock pool ones. Missing. They had, like, the bottom half was, like, looked like a rock pool. Like, fake rocks and stuff. And the fish swimming around. And then for the top half that was meant to represent, like, the view, the sky or whatever. It was just, like, p- 
painted blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a dark, not real blue, and then like a little average drawing of like an island in the distance or something. Yeah. And it was like, man, I feel like they could have done a lot more if mm. that's the look they were going for. Yeah. And I really noticed that for the big animals. So, like, the main animals that they have here are penguins. They have uh, two um, tiger sharks. They've got dolphins, uh, seals, and a sea lion as well. Mm. And basically all of those animals' enclosures are, are just... It's basically just them in a swimming pool. Oh, that poor sea lion. The sea lion <laughs> one was doing that thing that, like animals do when they're going crazy like it was just pacing in the water yeah because it, it had like this narrow long not even that long like it's it's length was like three or four of the sea lion's bodies yeah like a pool with like a little rocky bit at the back that it could go up to and it was just swimming backwards and forwards backwards and forwards like oh angrily mm. angrily and sadly <laughs> you know <laughs> those are the emotions i'm going to project onto it yeah when we walked in they um gave us like a plant pamphlet thing and they said that there weren't any shows today but then we saw that there was actually a dolphin show happening at least we assume it was a show like they were doing tricks and stuff so uh, surely it had to I'm be a guessing show. it wasn't a show but it was just that they had to they couldn't just let the dolphins or whatever not do that for months and months or else they'd forget how to do it and then when they opened up properly again yeah the true, show's maybe. not going to be going well so it was yeah. basically like just to maintain yeah their skill so i i don't think i've ever seen a dolphin or like a killer whale show before so mm. i think that was the first one ever and um like they, they didn't really do much they kind of came out of the it water was pretty and impressive then, though yeah it was yeah yeah true they, they came out of the uh, like you know they would like come out of the water and then like be on land for a, a while kind of uh, and it was their, kind of funny because um, you could tell around. that they'd been trained well to do that in terms of like they knew that's how they got treats because, like, at one point they were, like, ending the show and they were trying to get them back into the water and one just kept on, like, jumping up on the side and kind of, like, whacking them with its tail being, yeah, like, yeah. feed me. And they had to sort of, like, <laughs> shove it back into the... Yeah. So that was, like... The, the Seeing that made me be, like, all right, like, at least the dolphins are, like... I don't know if playful is the right word. Like, a mix between spoilt and playful. Yeah, I mean, all those animals are kind of spoiled, but just when it comes to food, right... Like, yeah. even at SeaWorld, I feel like in terms of food, they have everything they want. It's um, their habitat, which is the worst thing. Yeah, like, we were going to take a video of the dolphins, and then we are like, you know what? We don't want to advertise this. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with... Um, the the one that I think I found where it was the saddest was um, the penguins. Just because... Um, so, we've been to... In, in Auckland, there's this place called Kelly Tartans. Mm. And actually, in Christchurch, we have penguins as well. And man, they have a really, really good enclosure. In that Compared it is, to this one. Yeah, it's like negative 20 degrees. It's huge. They've got massive land space and also yeah. massive water space with like lots of like different ways for like them to get stimulation. Like. Mm, and there's snow everywhere. Uh, you know, it's made to look exactly like the natural habitat and it's great. They love it. And I, and I know that not all uh, penguins necessarily live in snow. Like some of them do live in like warmer climates. Mm. But still, like these penguins were literally in concrete with like a little bit of water to swim in and then like little holes for them to kind of call a home. And they just looked kind of sad. And also, like to cool them down, there was one fan. Like there was literally, two fans, but only one was going. <laughs> yeah, like literally one that you would just buy at an office max, you know? Yeah. Um, like, yeah, like just spinning, keeping them cool. And I was like, oh man, this is sad ass. <laughs> I think for me it was just mainly sad because it was such a small area. Yeah. That was the whole thing. It was like they'd kind of put effort in, like they'd given them these fake rock areas. They were clearly well fed and stuff, but it was like there just wasn't enough space for it to be 
yeah. like quite so satisfying as for example like Kelly Tartan's in Auckland. But man, I like I just don't understand if someone like I, I really want to read it an article on this or something why is it so hard in japan for people to just design things better <laughs> like websites are crap I had these a, are crap like I what, what a, is that i had a student who was a website designer yeah and i didn't exactly say japan websites suck but i did ask i was like why is it that the appearance of websites in japan is so much busier mm. and not as like clean looking as for example and i showed him a couple of like popular websites yeah in new zealand and he said he was like a young guy and he said that he he totally agreed but the problem was because the way japan work culture still largely works is that you don't hire necessarily based entirely on skill you do initially but to get promoted it's all about how long you've been there so the people at the top have been there for like 30 years yeah and they're not necessarily actually very good designers but they have like earned their way to the top and so he'll so he said that he'll sometimes be like designing a website and it will be like really nice clean aesthetic and then his boss will come along and be like oh needs a lot more text you need to give right. the like their idea of like aesthetic is to give the information like give the viewer all the information immediately mm. whereas that doesn't really line up with sort of like the modern minimalist ideals you know yeah so he was like as a designer like a japanese designer he knew exactly where i was coming from but he's like basically he was saying like it's just not going to happen until like 30 years time when the people in his position have like worked there long enough to be at the top and the other ones have retired that made me think about all the examples that i can think of where like design hasn't really gone into it like for example we always say this when we see a playground where i was like man it's so sad just seeing a concrete jungle playground right where it's just concrete and then the um like the the slide or whatever just being plopped on top of it with with no regard for like the surrounding area yeah you know and whereas like it's in like New you Zealand, were saying it does its job it's efficient it's got all of the bits it's got a yeah. slide it's got a swing it's got i don't know like a little play gym thing yeah that's the thing but and then also like next to uh, our work in shinagawa it's like a park area Mm-mm. where um, it's just meant to be a nice place where people can kind of sit down during their lunchtime and eat food and stuff. Mm. And the grass hasn't been cut at all, so it's like pretty long grass and stuff. Mm. And uh, yeah, and I was kind of thinking that's the same thing where it's like, hey, listen, this is a nice place for you to sit down. Who gives a shit about the grass? Whereas it's like, it would be so much nicer if you just cut the grass. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because we see so many people having like really uh, random jobs here, you know, mm. like. Like, for example, the other day when I was walking down our street, I saw six people directing traffic. <laughs> um, and they're all spaced one meter apart, directing traffic the same way. And we've kind of seen examples of this in Japan where they kind of just give jobs to people. Whereas it's always, we've noticed it's always, like, older people as well. So I think it's, like, kind of cool because it's definitely they're doing something to keep, like, the older population, like, occupied and busy and also have an income. Yeah. So I was thinking, man, get get a couple of these people cutting some grass yeah. somewhere, honestly. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense, eh? Yeah. It's like if they've got that many people directing, like... Because, like, for example, like, in heaps of buildings, I think I've mentioned this before, in heaps of, like businessy buildings near the garage basement there's like a person working at everyone and like instead of just having like a flashing light that looks you know when a car's coming out the person will like be standing there and waiting for a car to leave yeah and then they'll like stop traffic temp- or stop the like foot traffic temporarily while the car leaves instead of just having like a sign being like car coming car you know so like why do they need like 30 people on <laughs> one street doing that when they could have them 
yeah, cutting the grass. Yeah, but um, but yeah, the the reason that relates to the uh, aquarium. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I got off track. I feel like they could have just put some sand at the bottom of these things. And yeah, like that's all they needed was they needed just yeah. to have a little bit of like natural texture going on. Yeah. Oh, you know, two other ones that I found kind of sad was one of the earlier exhibits that we saw was um, sardines. And you know how, like, sardines uh, go in groups, right? Mm. Like, if one moves somewhere, they all move somewhere. They had, like, a cylinder uh, tank, and the sardines were just going around and around and around in circles. Like, to the point where it looked like they are in a washing machine. Yeah. And the water, like, they were being forced to go around in circles. But that's just kind of what sardines do. They always move. I was looking at the brochure they gave us before, and it actually talks about that. Like, that's the point of that one. One of the things that's advertised here is... Oh, I can't. Oh, schooling fish witness the mesmerizing beauty of schooling sardines and other fish. They swim without rest, which is true. They were yeah. swimming without rest. That's it did what damn it was true. Like. Yeah. Although I also suspect that they then like feed those sardines to the dolphins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I imagine that's their entire life cycles happen in that tank, just going around circles. Like they have babies yeah. in there and everything. That one was like almost hilariously um, funny in its crapness. <laughs> Man, yeah, we're English teachers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, at the end, also, um, so just as you're heading out, there are two massive tiger sharks. Like, they're so you probably figured the biggest... out they were tiger sharks. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. They're, they're honestly probably the biggest sharks I've ever seen, uh, apart from, like, a whale shark. They were in the tiniest tank. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't think the tank was that small that, like, you thought. For them? Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, it was like, massive, yeah. It was, like, their body length three times. Maybe four times. Yeah, true. Yeah, they were pretty big. Like, in terms of... They were probably, like, three meters long or something. Right? I don't know if it was nine meters long, the tank. How long do you think? I don't know. I'm really bad at, like, measurements and distance. <laughs> okay, fine. Maybe they weren't three meters. Maybe yeah, they were, like, I think 20. that was an exaggeration. I think that their tank was, like, six meters. And they were, like, two meters. Actually, I don't know. I feel like they were pretty goddamn long, man. Although the other thing is, is we're really bad judges of... Like, how the glass they use in those tanks is, like, magnifying. Yeah, yeah. And you can figure it out, because sometimes when it's, like, the... It's got, like, a right angle, and the fish will, like, swim past, and then it, like, disappears temporarily, because it's, like, this illusion, like, and then it will suddenly, like, pop up, like, at yeah. a different place, like, right up, and you're like, wait, where did that fish go? How did it get there? Yeah, I've realized that I don't understand anything when it comes to optics. <laughs> I just don't get it. The same thing happened when I was in that cylinder tank when I was looking at that shark. I, I had my phone out like waiting it for it to come around and then when it like went around it just disappeared i was like what the hell how does that even happen it's a <laughs> cylinder i can see through it like you yeah know? yeah it makes no sense yeah god damn it but that's I, why I i'm kind of like i'm that. questioning how big they were yeah but you, you know how i uh measure anything in life is through basketball hoops because that's what i know so a basketball hoop is uh 3.2 meters I feel like if you put that shark... No way! Bam. If you put it upwards, what, you don't nah. think it would go from the bottom to the basketball hoop? I fully... Nah, no way. You don't think it would? Maybe like a kitty basketball hoop that you had in like your driveway. Holy crap, nah. I th thought... Man, you, you're the one saying that the tank is small and turns out you think these sharks are tiny. Yeah, <laughs> the tank and the sharks were like... The sharks were pretty big, but I don't wow. think they were that big. Hmm, but okay. like, regardless, like they were the saddest looking sharks I've ever seen. They had a big rock in the middle. A big fake rock yeah, right in the middle. Yeah, a big fake rock. And then the whole roof of the tank was just painted blue. Yeah. Like, honestly, how hard is it, right? Put a crap ton of sand at the bottom. Rocks. Yeah. Put some fake... Uh, actually, not fake. Put some real coral in there. A couple of plants. Like mm. some uh, kelp or some shit. How hard is that? 
Honestly. I feel like there was one point where there was like a tunnel, you know, one of those tunnels where you go underneath the aquarium yeah. part. So you see like all the fish on top of you. And that was the best design part there because I felt like the ground of the tanks there was like. Yeah, that was pretty good. Made actually. to be aesthetic looking. Yeah. So oh, and that one had a big ass turtle. Yeah, that one had like turtles and stingrays yeah. and stuff. And like that was my favorite part because I felt like that was the biggest tank with the most like effort put into it you mm. know yeah for sure. I, it was like the only part i didn't feel very sad at <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that was kind of our aquarium experience uh i don't know if we'll go to another one although apparently the one in osaka is really nice but yes they were they're saying the one in osaka has yeah. like is mainly like a tunnel thing yeah so i don't know it was just one of those things where i'm sure that you could totally enjoy it if you were less concerned about, like, the welfare of the fish. I feel like we probably won't go to an aquarium again, but I feel like there's kind of no reason for us to go to an aquarium or, like, a zoo. Because mm. we're literally in a new country that has animals that we, like, would not see naturally in New Zealand. Mm. You know, there's a million opportunities to go out and actually see them in the wild. You know, I think that's a part of why it's sad when it's an aquarium and it's, like, animals that you've seen in the wild. Like, the seals, it was sad because we've seen them... In the wild, where they have, like, the entire ocean. Mm. So it's, like, it's extra sad because you've seen what their natural habitat is like. Same with, like, a zoo. I'm happy to go to, like, a zoo that's, like, a zoo that is also, like, for conservation. And they've got, like, if they've got big habitats for them. And it's, like, you know that it's, like, a breeding program or whatever for... To be released into the wild for, like, endangered species. But in this case, it was just... It was none of those things. But next month, we might have a chance to go see some animals in the wild because we've actually planned our first outside of, like, proper outside of Tokyo. We've been outside of Tokyo technically before, but our first proper outside of Tokyo trip mm-hmm. to Nagano. Did we mention this last week? I feel like we mentioned it. I think we, we said we were going to go somewhere, but I don't think we said Nagano specifically. Oh, okay. I think that was our number one on our list, but we, like, literally just bought accommodation just a little bit ago. Mm. so yeah we're gonna go to nagano we're going for a whole week and yeah man i'm looking forward to it it's like a turns out um karuizawa is like a kind of an upscale uh mountain town it's like a resort town yeah yeah it's like a thousand meters up um which i didn't realize so we're gonna be up in the mountains kind of thing some really nice forests some nice walks to go on Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's I'm like really looking forward it's to it. a popular place for skiing in winter yeah and then it's popular in the summer for people from tokyo to go to escape the heat because yeah. it's in the mountains so yeah. it's like cooler yeah we haven't really planned it out too much see sonia i've planned out each day <laughs> so far <laughs> as in i know exactly which things i want to go to that are there like what okay so first day um there's the, basically there's three main things there. In Karuizawa. Yeah, in Karuizawa. Okay. Then there's obviously a bunch of others, but the three things you want to do... Literally, we'll leave Nagano for another day, but yeah, let's just go through Kar- Karuizawa. So yeah, so the three things that you mainly want to do is that it's sort of like famous for, excluding the fourth thing being onsens. We're not ready to get naked in front of people yet, so like, we're going to exclude that. That doesn't have anything to do with why I'm not doing it. It's just because it's summer. For me, that's why I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's literally summer. It's anyway, <laughs> um, in Karuizawa, there's a famous waterfall. Now... I apologize if I'm miss saying it or I've forgotten the name. It's like Shrato, Shrato, something along those lines waterfall. And it's like called the, it's like the string waterfall because it's like 
you walk right up to it and it's like a pool of water and then a really like it's not a tall waterfall but it's got heaps of width like a really long waterfall where apparently it looks like you know white strings Mm. falling down and it's become popular because apparently like on the reality show terrace house some couple has a date there or something oh okay um but yeah so that's meant to be pretty cool pretty easy to get to like you know very aesthetic that's what you do in Karuizawa. the other thing is they've got a famous like a ginza shopping street like you know a big long cool street where you can get all like old school shops and also modern shops and stuff and then there's also a viewing platform called like a sui platform or something where you're like 1200 and something meters up so you have like a really good view of all the mountain ranges oh, around cool. you yeah so yeah those are the three main things but then there's also obviously like this is an area with like a bajillion hiking trails yeah. so there's also other stuff to do sweet but yeah yeah so we're looking forward to that yeah the other day when i was at work i was talking to this girl and she was talking about how she uh, wants to go to like all 47 prefectures mm-hmm. in japan and it really got me thinking about it and i was like you know what, that's something that we could we can kind of aim to do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so we really want to do that. And Nagano is one that we haven't been to yet. So once we go to that, we'll be, you know, that's five down, just 42 left to go. Yeah, I mean, like, the first half, we're just us two. And then we've got, like, a friend, possibly friends, one of them isn't sure if she can come yet, joining us in Nagano. So it's going to be good because it will be like, you know, we can have the romantic couple trip in Karuizawa and then, like, just, like, a normal fun trip. In Nakano. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. So we're being back at work now for pretty much the whole month now. We're we're like the day is it's the 26th. Been pretty much a month of work. What are your thoughts? The other day at work, I got a two star rating, which was super annoying. So at our work, um, the clients can like rate you one to five, mm. and three for five is all good. You know, whatever. A two to one is considered a negative review and it kind of goes against your record. So if you have like three negative reviews, then, you know, your managers kind of talk to you and you may be ineligible for certain benefits and stuff. And I think I saw as well that if your average rating, someone was saying if your average rating gets to like 4.2 and if you don't have reasons for why you got those negative reviews, you're kind of like... You know, you're at risk of not having a contract renewed. Yeah. So I got a negative review the other day. My manager comes to talk to me and he's like, you know, so have you had any classes that have, that you think have gone bad? And I honestly couldn't think of any. But then he said that uh, there was a client who said that you didn't write enough notes for him. Because uh, at our work, we have to write notes for our clients. And I was like, oh, what the hell? Like, I didn't write enough notes. And that kind of caught me by surprise. Because I couldn't remember that at all. But anyway, you know, we kind of talked about it and I was like, oh, good. And then he gave me some pointers on how to write more notes. And then when I actually checked on it, it turns out that this was a client who literally came. So the lesson is 40 minutes long. He literally came 30 minutes late and we had 10 minutes. Which is like the last five minutes of the lesson in like our company. You're meant to spend literally reviewing the lesson. So you're meant to go on to and give the lesson like you're meant to like write a comment with them sitting there watching being like today you like your strengths were you did a great job having a conversation with me and using perfect grammar areas to improve are let's try work on that confidence yeah. or something so you do that with them sitting there in the last five minutes i'll so annoyed because i've had two negative reviews and both of them have been bullcrap like that one complete bullcrap and then my first one was 
um, the guy didn't like that I taught him movie night, like the phrase movie night. Which was relevant which for is, the textbook yeah. that you were teaching. It wasn't like random. Right? Yeah, because he was like, like, what do you do on Friday nights? And I was like, oh, well, you could have a movie night. And he was like, what's a movie night? And then I told him what's a movie night. And then, bam, negative review. I was like, god damn it. Yeah, I mean, I understand why they have the rating system. It's kind of like, it's to hold you accountable. It's to make the clients feel as though they're guaranteed to get the best lesson possible. But I also think, yeah. I think it's kind of bad. Like, like, I think it's dumb. Like, I think having a student rate a teacher is not necessarily the best way to go about holding teachers accountable. Like, I mean, when I taught at the uni, you have your end-of-year evaluation, which is, I think, like, a better way to do it because it's, like, an overall thing. Imagine if your students had to rate every single lesson you taught at university, like, every single lecture you had to go through and be like, today my lecturer was kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. It's just ridiculous. Like, I think that they should have, like, every, at the end of the month, they ask the clients for their, like, thoughts on their lessons that month. And if any stood out, then they can give them, like, feedback. I don't know. So, next week we have our training, which we should have done back in March. So it's like a long time coming and I'm kind of nervous for it now. Although I'm nervous for it because the only day I, so the way they had it was there were three days to do the training. One of them was when we were going to be in Nagano. So I couldn't do that. The other one was a Saturday where I already had a couple of bookings. And so the only day I could do was next week's one where I already have another booking where the clients booked me by name, but it's like the very end of the day. So I'm going to have to go to this full like 10 hour day and then rush to work and teach a class yeah that's gonna suck for you so i'm so not looking forward to yeah. yeah it's a full day of training but hey we get five thousand yen which is not too much which is not actually that much for the amount of time we're doing it for but hey we're not getting many bookings right now anyway and yeah. they pay for our lunch so. well anyway we'll update you about that next week um so yeah so that's all we have today so thank you for listening um remember to follow us on twitter at t in tokyo and then also <laughs> Um, yeah, I completely forgot. And also on Instagram at T underscore in underscore Tokyo. That's it. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.